when we were talking about this generation, though, that God is using. And I think Wednesday night was a sign of God putting his seal of approval on what was done and what is going to be done. And when he did that, he also talked about, later on in this chapter, about how they needed to remember all of the things that he had provided even in the wilderness. And as I was reading this a couple of weeks ago, I got down to verse 35, and I want you to look at that with me, because as he was talking about all the things that he did and all the things that they did and would recall, he said in verse 35, then they remembered that God, see, when they fell on hard times, then they remembered that God was their rock and the most high God, their redeemer. And you know, when I read the latter part of that verse, most high God, I've heard it a long time, but it struck a chord in me because I realized that everybody, including the preacher, we're always carrying baggage around. We're always carrying I came in with my baggage today. And let me just say something before I go any farther. And that is that, that our baggage can be anything. Our baggage can be our scars. Our baggage can also be physical pain in your body. Your baggage can also be fear. But it, it, it can be anxiety. The baggage, you know, you wake up every day and it's there. Whether, do y'all know what I'm talking about when I say Whether you want it to be there or not, it's still there. So it's like you carry it around everywhere you go. And, and you didn't pick it up purposely to get attention or have a pity party, but it's just a part of you. And let me tell you something, folks. This is what I want you to try to Grab a hold of if you can today, or it might be that you are low man or woman on the totem pole, or you are the latest left out. I mean, all your friends have left you out or kind of abandoned you because of whatever. And if you are not careful and understand what I'm about to say, this right here can become a God. And I don't mean that you get on your knees and worship it, but every day, even if you don't want it, but it's still a part of you, and even if it's not a part of you when you wake up, you grab a hold of it and take it because you're just so used to talking about what's wrong or what's bothering you or what happened to you. It's your baggage. And so it's a God. It's a God because it really has your allegiance, and, and you're really going to bring it up are you really going to think about it? Even if you're in a good mood, <clears throat> you're going to think about it. You're going to talk about it. You're going to mull over it, y'all. Younger generation, that means you're going to dwell on it. You're going to mull on it. It's just your baggage, and it's going with you. In fact, it's like a, it's like a personal American Express card. You don't leave home without it. <coughs> I've got some, you know, grass allergies going on again. Anybody got grass allergies? You thank God for grass allergies? No, we don't thank God for grass allergies. So anyway, <laughs> and if there's water back there in that refrigerator, somebody can help me with that because I don't want to have to apologize 30 times a day. So everybody, I want you to think for one minute. 
really less than that. Or I want you to admit privately what your baggage is. Thank you so much. By the way, those of you that don't know what Mickey looks like that I talked about, that's what Mickey looks like. <clears throat> those of you that don't know what Reggie looks like, if you ever watched Tool Time and you saw Al Borland, he's close to him. But anyway, and I really wouldn't have asked for that, but I can, you know when that trigger starts doing its thing, it started doing its thing, so we're just going to leave that alone. That baggage right there is something that everybody, y'all need to look at me now, that's just Nathan, he's one of the three or four handsome nephews that I have, okay? But this baggage, you know about it. Thank you. This baggage, some of your friends or family, I turned 13 for a minute, I can't help it, I'm sorry. Your friends or family might know about it. But I'm going to tell you, just as sure as I'm standing in this sanctuary today, the devil knows about your baggage too. And he will use your baggage against you. He will use it to his benefit. I, I want to tell you that your baggage, regardless of what it is, it's always going to be lower than the most high God baggage. It can be a God, but there is no way your baggage, doesn't matter how old it is, how deep it is, how unfortunate it is, it, it will always be lower than the most high God because the devil will turn it into a God if you're not careful. And what you and I have to remember is even all the times that we've failed God, like Psalm 78, we've got to remember, like they remembered, that God, there's a point in my life where I can recall to where he was my rock. There's also a time when I can recall where he was the most high God, and I kept believing that, I kept standing on that, I kept claiming that, and I kept proclaiming that until my baggage just kind of got lost in the shuffle. And there's three people in the Bible that, that I just want to point out that you may not even realize that they realized that he was the most high God. One is a man by the name, he, in fact, the Bible calls him God's priest. Most people pronounce his name Melchizedek or Melchizedek. I've heard it many kind of ways. But in the book of Genesis chapter 14, listen to this. It says, and he blessed him. It's talking about Abraham. And he blessed him and said, blessed be Abraham of the most high God. And I love this last part. Possessor of heaven and earth. And let me ask you something right now before I read verse 20. If the most high God is possessor of heaven and earth, then why are you worried about anything? Melchizedek went on to say, in verse 20, and blessed be the most high God, 
which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hands, and he gave him tithe. Abraham gave him tithe of all that he had. So Melchizedek, the high priest of God, he referred to him as the most high God, not almost high God or close to the high God, but the most high God. And then an old king by the name of Nebuchadnezzar, he did in the book of Daniel chapter 521. And I will say that he was a king that thought he had so much money and so much clout and so much um, resources that he kind of was a god himself. In fact, he thought there was nobody in the land any bigger or near as big as he was, and so he put himself in place of God in a way, and he found out, that's a no-no, you don't do that, you don't do that. And verse 21 of chapter 5 says, And when he was driven from the sons of men, because it, it, it was told to him by Daniel, look, Man, you're about to go through a season where you're going to learn a lesson the hard way. And so he was driven from the sons of men, and his heart was made like the beast. And now this is all true. Listen, it sounds like a movie. And his dwelling was with the wild asses, the donkeys. I wanted you to get the King James Version, you know. People are scared to read the King James Version now because it's got all them words like that. Or that. Anyway, it's still a donkey, and they called it that. And they fed him with grass like oxen, and his body with, was wet with the dew of heaven till he knew. This happened for like seven years. And his fingernails got long like the claws of an animal, like, a, like an eagle. And it, the Bible says that this went on. He was like an animal just grazing in a hill and on a hill until that he recognized and he honored and he knew that the most high God was actually, not him, but the most high God was actually the one that ruled in the kingdom of men and that he appointed over it whomsoever he will. So Nebuchadnezzar realized very quick he wasn't God. Anybody know anybody that kind of acts like they're God? That, well, I don't know of another way to say this. But to say it like this, and I, I, this is not etiquette, and I, I hope this is not wrong, but they act like theirs don't stink, or they act like they have so much that everybody else belongs to them. The world and everything in the world, including you, is at their disposal. Do, does anybody have thoughts of people in your mind right now? Don't dwell on them. That's not what I'm trying to get you to do. This is what Nebuchadnezzar felt like. He thought because his success and all of his riches gave him the right to be godlike in his own mind. And so he acted that way, and God says, and you know, I, I was talking about something kind of sort of semi-similar to this the other day, but I made the statement because God reminds me on a regular basis that the man Saul was on the road to Damascus and... Everybody in this building, everybody on the planet, you've got a light. There, there is something God can do that can get your attention. How many of you believe that? He can, and you don't ever want God to go there. There was, there was a king named Pharaoh 
that he kept playing around. Ten times, he kept, well, tenth time he didn't play around. But he kept playing around because of who he was and what he had. And he kept on playing around and playing around until God says, well, this time uh, you think I've been playing around, but I'm going to get your attention. And so you know what happened? Everybody didn't have the blood over the doorpost. Everybody, the whole kingdom, they lost their firstborn to death. And you see, everybody is walking on the road to Damascus with a one-track mind at some point in your life. But God intervened 2,000 years ago so he could get you off of that, that death trap and get you on the straight and narrow road. But some people still, still insist on walking on the Damascus road. But don't you worry. You keep praying. You keep fasting. You keep believing because God's got a light that can blind everybody. God's got a fishing rod that he can yank and pull anybody out of the water. At any given time, church, he can do it. Nebuchadnezzar thought that he was the most high God, but he found out who the most high God really was. And then the third character I'm going to name is one that's very unlikely. It's actually found in Mark chapter 5, verse 7. There was a man that was possessed with a demon. And when he, this man that was possessed with a demon come in contact with, with Jesus Christ, this is what the demon said inside of him, or he said out loud. The demon cried with a loud voice and said, What, I want you to read this with me, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I beg you or adjure you, by God, don't torment me. So, you have Melchizedek, you have Nebuchadnezzar, and now you got a demon that even knows that God is the most high God. And see, to me, that makes perfect sense because God is the most high God, and when it comes time to name his son Jesus, the Bible makes it very clear that God gave his own son a high name himself. The Bible says that God gave Jesus a name that's higher than any other thing. So what I'm trying to say today with all the baggage laden people in the building and online, listen, you've got to understand that there is a God that's higher than your baggage. There's a God, your baggage is right here. And it's not just your baggage. It might be baggage that other people just decide that they're going to just kind of contribute to your life. It might be demands, but it might be accusations. It might be uh, things to traps to try to pull you and lure you, in, lure you in. There's all kinds of baggage that other people will throw into your life. We call it stuff. It's just stuff that people add to you and everything they do. And the stuff might even be a doctor's report. It might be some kind of report you didn't want or they told you all the COVID money's running out and you don't have a job or you behind. And when this payment starts back, it's going to throw you under the bus financially. And I want to tell everybody this. 
any baggage, all baggage, everything, every God-looking thing is always going to fall under the name that's higher than all other names. It's, it's not the most high God. It may have you up at night. It may have you worried. It may have emptied out your bank account. And it might have you stretched and you're scared of lawyers. You're scared for your children to go to school. You're worried about what's going to happen to your spouse. All of these things. But folks, look at where the things are. The things can come in like a flood. And the Bible says they do. The things can come into you like a flood. But I want you to know everything in this world will always be under the Most High God because God is higher than any man or anything. He is. God is. Now, I want to talk for one minute about this Most High God. Because the Most High God does not sleep, nor does He slumber. One thing I learned about the Spirit of God a long time ago, that, and I love this, this, I didn't come up with this. The Spirit of God is always in motion. I mean the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God is always in motion. It's always moving. In fact, when, when I'm reading the Scriptures this morning, as the scripture, as the word of God goes out, the Bible says, God says, my word won't even return empty-handed without coming up with some kind of fruit. Uh, my word will go out. When it goes out, it's going to accomplish something. What I set it out to do, God says, he says, it's going to accomplish something. So the spirit is always moving. And when the Spirit is moved, the only thing, and, and what does the Spirit move in? The Spirit moves in man. The only thing that constrains or confines the Spirit from moving or, or, or kind of slows it down, and not in a power sense, but, but you, are a, you are a factor in what the Spirit is moving to do, is his man. It's, it's man, because... That's the way God moves. He moves all the time and he moves in man. And since he is the most high God, he expects to be in the highest place in earth and in your life. If he's, if he's almost in the highest place, then he's not the highest place. And, and he can't be your most high God. He can be pretty high God, but then you can have other pretty high gods. In fact, if you're not careful... You, you can even have a most higher God than the most higher God. I mean, biblically, that's impossible. But folks, you've got, to, you've got to see this. I told you this, what, three or four weeks ago, that any time the devil made an offer, any, a temptation, what would he always accompany it with? Most of the time he'll accompany it with money. But it's some kind of trade, some kind of promise in there. And see, when, when you have your baggage, what do you mean when, when I have my baggage and I have to walk by faith? Because a lot of times God says, you're just going to have to trust me as the most high God, and you're just going to you're gonna have to walk by faith. You mean walk by faith or just talk about walking? No, you're going to have to walk by faith. You're going to have to say these two words, trust me. You're going to have to trust me, God says. And when you trust me, 
then it's going to be real uncomfortable for a little while. But then you're going to be able to look back. I'm preaching a message about a three-minute video you watched a while ago again. And that is, you know, it's uncomfortable. It's physically uncomfortable. It's emotionally uncomfortable because it's draining you. Your mind, we were talking about this the other day, how your mind's always working and you're thinking, even when we're not at that campus or other things. And I, some of you have things in your own life you can relate to. But what you've got to understand is when you walk by faith, it's going to be scary, it's going to be uncomfortable, but you've got to keep in mind that the most high God will not allow you to fail. We say, he won't let me fail. He won't allow you to fail, you see. I mean, he won't even give you permission to fail. Because when you walk by faith, God honors faith. And when God honors faith, you are well on your way. And it don't feel good, it don't look good, but you are trusting the Most High God and not the God that's a part of you or a, not the God that's been tossed at you. And are not the God that you're being accused of. And so this is where God wants me to get to in my walk with Him. I don't care what I hear out there. I don't care what I see out there. I don't care what other people tell me uh, about anything. I, and it doesn't matter what. It doesn't have to have anything to do with COVID, vaccine, or uh, global warming or anything. It doesn't matter what it is. Even when I get a medical report. And I may see scans, and I may see cancer all in my body. I'm talking to you today, church. I still choose to believe the most high God than the God that that report can be. You know, when you get a stage four, we got people here today that's got, we got people online that's gotten those reports, you see. And it's all you can do not to not think about that, but, and it's almost impossible. But what God loves is that you choose to just to believe Him as the most high God in your life. Whether I die with stage 4 cancer or whether He keeps me alive for 25 years with stage 4 cancer. I've got to know and believe He's the most high God and He's going to do what He wants to do. And that can apply to your marriage it can apply to your parents. It can apply to your children. It can apply to your friends at school. It can apply anywhere. You've just got to settle it in your mind that that's not going to be the baggage. That's not going to turn into a God to me that I give my allegiance and all of my thinking time and all of my crying and wailing to. But I'm going to spend all of that energy and time on worshiping the Most High God because just like Nebuchadnezzar found out God's going to win church so you might as well enjoy the victory with him and just say I'm going to walk by faith and the most high God is going to take care of everything you got to do it nowhere nowhere in that Bible right there does it tell me and I mean hey if you want to go to Acts chapter 2 we can do that too i go to Acts chapter 2 real quick. Don't worry about it, Derek. Uh, you can go to Acts chapter 2, and we can start right there. And I can look. And I can look at verse 16, where Peter was 
quoting the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days. Anybody, anybody, and don't you do this to appease me. Anybody believe these are the last days? Okay. Let me just, let me stop and explain that right quick. When I say last days, I don't mean the earth's about to blow up right now. We know there's going to, when the rapture occurs, that from that moment on, we know there's going to be seven years tribulation. And then we know there's going to be a thousand year millennial reign. So when I say the last days, I don't mean that the, the earth's about to blow up. It is going to pass away. The Bible makes that clear. But when I say the last days, I'm referring to all the signs, the seasons, everything that's in place. And the Bible said would be in place before the Lord comes back or he calls for his, his children to be rescued and raptured and taken home while all that transpires. And so he said, as he quoted, I'm talking about Peter, as he quoted Joel, he says, and it shall indeed come to pass that in the last days I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. You know what's happening right now? I'm reading and preaching something. I didn't know I was going to read and preach. And I'm getting pretty happy. I'm getting pretty happy. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. I'm talking to the chosen generation. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above. We're talking about weather-related things. And signs in the earth beneath, like earthquakes in divers places. Blood and fire and vapor of smoke, that's the reference. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon the, into blood before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I read that just then because the Spirit of the Lord prompted me to. But nowhere in this whole outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, from that moment on do you read, in this or any Bible, holy Bible, where people just kind of sat and waited on instruction. And we've all been guilty of that at some level on the planet for several months now. And the Bible never records the body of Christ, the church of the living God, sitting and waiting on the next thing. I've got news for you. What's happening in this church, what's happening at that campus with our sons and our daughters is the next thing that's going to happen. Church, I'm not watching and waiting on the networks to tell me when I'm going to have church or not have church or what I can eat or where I can go. That's not my God. 
this is my God, and he's told me he's going to pour his spirit out. They're going to prophesy. They're going to see great and mighty things, and I need to make sure that I get the ark built so God can do what he wants to do with this chosen generation so that they can prioritize the most high God in their life instead of letting the things of this earth be the most high God. Because we've all failed the test, but we're going to do better by our children and our grandchildren, and we're going to show them better than what we are. Amen, we are, and we're going to let them see. You are the chosen generation. God's going to do what he's going to do, and you are the next thing that's about to happen, at least in Scotland County. So I can't look. If, if I go to Acts 2 and then I go to Acts 3, in fact, if I go to 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8, this is what I find in this Bible right here. I find that people didn't care if the person's house, hey, we're going deep here. The person's house that they were meeting in because they had to hide to worship, we don't have to do that yet. I mean, no need to. All they got to do is tell you, no, you can go everywhere, but you can't go to church. That's the most dangerous place in the world. It is the most dangerous place because sinners get set free in the house of God. That's why it's dangerous. It's not because you're going to get infected. It's because you're going to get affected by the Holy Ghost and the delivering power of the blood of Jesus Christ. So it's very dangerous, and I'll be the first to admit that. So what he's saying is that Nowhere did these people quit meeting. If, 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 if their house was burned down, you know what they did? Oh, they just went to somebody else's house. If they were beaten and left for dead after the people left, the church would go and they would bandage, they'd, they'd get the oil and they would, they would bandage up their wounds. They'd feed them. They'd take care of them. Oh, your house is about to go in foreclosure? Well, look. I'm going to sell my house, and we're going to pay yours off. I'm telling you, folks, when you've got the most high God in your life, you're going to be a different creature. Nobody's ever met you before because baggage and bondage don't affect you anymore. The only thing that affects you at 16 years old is the most high God. It's not all of the apps. It's not all of the, the, the whim-wham out there. If you're 80 years old or 30 years old, the thing that has your goat and has your attention is God because you know he's high. And at any time, he can throw anybody on a hill to eat like an animal for seven years to get their attention. But God's called me here today just to say, y'all, don't make God have to do that. Go on and recognize him for who he is. Let him be the most high God in your life, and he will change you forever and everybody around you. Will you close your eyes with me? Father in heaven, I love you. And I bless you, and I thank you, oh God. I'm not here because I did this. You kept me alive, Lord, for over 35 years. Many times you've kept me alive, and you've spared me, oh God. Lord, I'm not here because I created myself, or I created these people. 
or I built this church. Lord, you ordered everything. You ordered it to the way you wanted it. And God, I ask you today to help me to see that it might be bad and it might be low down, but you most high. If it's low down in my life or if they're low down in my life, low down dirty trick on me or said things about, help me to just say, well, I got a most high God even, in, even when things are low down. God, help me to recall who you are. If the demons recognize you as the most high God, Lord, as a blood-bought child of yours, oh, God, help me to recognize you as the most high God. Father, I know that today many things go through people's minds. I know, Lord, that many, many things, Lord, seem to confront us every day. New decisions, new pressure. What am I going to do? What's my family going to do? But God, you have not given us a spirit of fear, but you've given us power, love, and a sound mind. And Lord, our sound mind tells us all the time when we will allow it to, I've got a most high God on my side. I've got a most high God working in my behalf. So God, help me today to know that no weapon formed against me, no amount of baggage, no report. I believe your report, God, and whatever way I leave this earth is the way you intended on me leaving this earth. I give it all to you. I give you praise. I give you honor, and I give you glory, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Right now, God's laid it on my heart to be the pastor. I can't go into detail for obvious reasons, but I know of several, I know of several needs in this room right now. I don't want anyone looking. I want you to bow your head. There's everything from Physical needs in this, place, in, in this place, I'm not eliminating anything online, but I'm talking about in the house right now. There's marriage problems in here. There's problems with children. There's fear in here. There's decisions that have to be made. There's um, anxiety in here. The Bible tells us to be anxious for nothing, but we can't help that. And I want you to know that God wants you to leave the church today with the most high being the most in your life you, you, you can pick it up and take it back out the door with you cause it's like a God now you know I gotta keep it it's my crutch but if if you want that that relationship 
if you want the peace over the diagnosis or what the apparent problem is, I want I want you. Now I'm not talking. I'm just, this is not like a generic altar call. I'm talking specifically to people that that is me. That is me. That is me. If that's you, the Lord asked me to ask you, will you let him be most high? And, and if you will, only if you will, I want you to bring that baggage and I want you to come stand somewhere at this altar. I love, see God's moving because Joe's playing, our God is greater. Our God's higher, you see. God, you are higher. See, all I can do at this point in the service right now is just be obedient and say, God just wants you to have this right here. But I can't come and get, I could, but that wouldn't be, that wouldn't be you. See, God wants you to bring it and let him handle it from there. But you got to cast it. You got to cast it. You have to do it. You say, hey, God, here it is. I'm bringing, I don't even know what that means. I don't know what you're going to do. COVID can't have everything y'all I'm sorry people still have busted up marriages they still have uh, health problems they still have relation problems they still have employment problems they, they still have overwhelming anxiety we have a God that's higher than everything but you got to give it to him you can't insist on holding it it's under him anyway so why not let him have it Father God, every man and woman and child at this altar, Lord, you know who they are. You know how heavy it is. You know what it is. You know if it's a misunderstanding, God, or if it's something that they didn't ask for, but they're involved in it now because of their associate. They didn't even ask for it, but now they're a part of it, Lord. God, in the name of Jesus, would you be the lifter? Lift up these heads. And, and we do. We surrender. You got to do it, folks. You just got to say, God, I'm letting it. I'm, I'm just dropping it at the altar. And I'm just going to praise you for being the most high God. You are what I want to wake up with every day. I want to talk about you, Lord. You're higher than everything. At any time, you can do whatever you want to do, Lord. So I want to highly exalt you. I exalt thee. I want to lift you high. You are greater. You are stronger. And if our God is for us, 
Who can be against him? You got to let that song sink in. We, we've sang it so much over the past decade or two that we, we don't even, we don't even let, it, let it minister to us. And every unbeliever in the house or online, you can come right here if you're in this building. If, if you're carrying the baggage of sin because you don't know a lot about Jesus or the Bible or, or whatever, or there's a price tag attached to it, this is going to happen as soon as you let it out that you are a believer. Come on, God can help you with that. If you'll just say, I'm bringing my baggage of sin. I need to be saved before I leave here today, Opie. I got to be saved. I can't leave like this. The Lord will help you with that. And online, all you have to do is say, God, I cast my care, I cast my sin, I cast this baggage, I give it to you. You are higher than it. I'm tired of it getting the best of me. I'm tired of it winning. I want to get my million little miracle right now of salvation. Lord, save me. Save me, Lord. Save me, Lord. There's no one like you. None like you. Our God. needs to leave here healthy today I don't care if you're at the altar or not you just say Lord you we sing it we sang it last you're my healer you're my healer I need to be healed today Lord I don't have to touch you I can if you want me to pray for you I'll pray for you right here right now I'll anoint you with the but wherever you are if you're online just say God I need a healer in my life right now Hallelujah. Jesus. Now I'm going to ask everybody. In your own way, I want you to pray to God right now. Say, Lord, I, I'm going to give you the rest of me. I want to be part of what's happening next that's actually happening right now you don't have to be a teenager neither you don't have to be a child just say God I'm not sitting back I'm not sitting down I want to look like Acts 2 I want to do greater things Lord I'm not sitting around Father waiting on cues from the world on what we're going to do next you've already told me everything that's going to go down I'm going to be light I'm going to be salt I'm going to be your hands and feet. I'm your soldier. I'm going to be your warrior. Hallelujah. I don't know if Angie, I don't know if you're close by. Even if you're not on, I, but I, I just wish we could sing that song 
a little bit before we go because it needs to be not only in your mind but it needs to be a declaration today God you are greater if he's the most high he's greater church he's awesome in power he's stronger and it doesn't matter how much people taunt themselves in the world like Nebuchadnezzar God is always going to be higher God's always going to be higher you know I know they have the words to that song but somebody don't know it and I want you to hear Just I don't, God's got me here so you're going to have to give me a minute here folks listen to me water he turned into wine he opened the eyes of the blind there's no one like you now in a way that may not look just like that God can take an impossible situation water wine he can change it today for somebody many people in this church if you feel like you're lost like a blind person bumping into all kind of problems he can open your eyes but what you got to do we're gonna praise our way through it we're gonna go home in fact if you don't want none of this you can go home you're dismissed but while it's hot and it's being served and you are here I'd eat some I'd eat a little bit because the Lord he's he's pouring and he's wanting to pour so we're gonna just take a minute and we're gonna worship the Lord I believe in worshiping when I come in and I love to worship when I go out and you know who hates it more than you do the devil does he don't want you to do this so listen whatever we can sing it with hey I, I want us to sing it so y'all help us out okay believe that
no one. Everybody, let's sing it. Our God is greater. God, if you are for us, who can be against us? What could ever stop us, Lord? Lord, we've seen a slick attack to try to stop us, but not even the gates of hell is going to prevail against the church. You put that in writing so we can rest in that. And Lord, and I pray for everything persecution going on around the world we pray for Afghanistan we pray for Cody Yarborough and all of our military that's over there God we pray for these families we pray God every day we live that we will be wise as serpents but harmless as doves and I pray you let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight O Lord our strength and our redeemer